In our opinion, movies can be found in one of two realms. The realm of the renowned, those active in the minds of pop culture. Your masterpieces, your witty comedies, your impactful horror. There are even those that are so bad they're good. Cult classics. This is not a show about those movies. Instead, we bravely venture into the realm of the forgotten. We plummet the depths of cinema, searching amidst the left behind, the seventh at the box office and the bottom of the bargain bin. We seek out neglected films to find the ones worth salvaging from oblivion. And banish the unworthy back to the abyss. What hidden gems will we find on our exploration? What mediocre plot lines will we unearth? And what artifacts that may at first have been overlooked will we reclaim? I'm Wesley. I'm Peter. I'm Lily. I'm Sam. And hello from obscurity. Well, hello there, folks. Welcome to Pickett, Arkansas, a.k.a. Hello from Obscurity, somewhere obscure. But we're not, we're not obscure. We like to think of ourselves as a little country folks uh, uh, from America who, who wants to bring you some love and news and just some down-home folksy, folksy time. Uh, no, I am Wesley. Today we are doing... That, that was all lies. <laughs> yeah, this was, this was all lies. Uh, uh, maybe like this movie. Uh, yeah, Whoa. so today, Whoa. me and the gang are gonna do, uh, a face in a crowd. Or face Ooh. in the crowd. Whoa. Whoa. Starring Andy Griffith, uh, Patricia, Patricia Neal, Andy Francis. Franciasa, oh shit, uh, Walter <laughs> Matthau, Lee Remick, uh, and so many more, uh, has cameos from, uh-oh. Oh no. Uh-oh. Lily decided she didn't want to do this one. <laughs> there she is. <laughs> Lily, Lily's back. Lily was like, I heard Walter, uh, I heard, uh. <laughs> Walter Matthau and I was out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was Walter Matthau. <laughs> Uh, But so many more people Uh, It has a great cast Um, And then it was written Sorry, it was directed And uh, directed by Ilya Kazam Who uh, is famous for doing um, What is On the waterfront On the waterfront This is his second movie So they kind of gave him a a blank check for this one And it's kind of a more personal one Uh, And then Bud Schulberg, I think I got his name right. Um, hopefully, he wrote the story. So nice. yeah, um, nice. this is a face in the crowd, and uh, I put up a poll on Instagram. Uh, it was between this or and another movie we might do later on. I might pick, uh, but people pick this movie. So yeah, my have you guys heard about this movie before this? Uh, no, I had not. No, they, okay. this yeah, this was the first when you put up the poll was the first I'd heard of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you guys haven't heard it yet because the episode's not out, but our listeners may have heard it 
when I put the trailer in for last episode for this movie, I don't know if you guys have listened to the trailer. It's insane. Really? <laughs> really? It's it starts with like 15 seconds of just Andy Griffith laughing maniacally. Oh my god. Um, so like I had to chop up the trailer to make it like make sense. Um, yeah. but that that was all of my knowledge going in. This insane trailer. Um, and then and then the movie. Yeah, I think I was watching or I was looking at a list of like political movies because I wanted to uh, like a while ago, I was like, oh, I'm tr- I'm trying. I'm curious about political movies. I think I had watched the Ides of March and I really liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but this one came up and I was like, huh, what is this? I looked at it and it just said Andy Griffith as like this charlatan bad guy. Uh, this uh, very Huey Long type character. Uh, yeah. And I was I was like, what? <laughs> the only thing I know Andy Griffith from, well, the only things I guess I know him from are the Andy Griffith show, which is very wholesome. And then Matlock, which for a crime show is extremely wholesome as well. Things <laughs> I watched as a homeschooler when my pa- my, my mom left. Uh, to, when like, my drop, mama left. Drop my other siblings off at school. Mom. Mom. So, yeah. 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 Um yeah, I definitely, you know, not getting too much into the plot yet, but definitely this I feel like is going to be sort of a similar conversation to like The Last Supper in that this is an older movie, but I feel like it is had so many things that are so relevant to today yeah. and like today's like politics and like celebrities and like all of that. So, yeah, I found I, that very interesting. Yeah, uh, I don't know if you said the date already, uh, Wesley, but yeah, this movie no. came out in 1957. Damn. Um, it's coming up on 70 years old. And it, like, there was, like, I mean, and I'll talk about this when we get into it, like, the plot a little bit later, but, like, I could directly put, like, things that have happened very recently yeah. that are completely <laughs> comparable to things that happen in this movie. Um, yeah. Wild. Yeah, what did you think of Lily? Not of the movie, but just kind of like when you first heard about it, you're like, what the hell is this? Yeah, I knew Andy Griffith, and I I knew Ilya Kazan, who also directed the original production of Death of a Salesman. Um, oh. He was kind of the it director at this time mm-hmm. in Hollywood. He was and the big name. Yeah, he was kind of the, the one everyone wanted to work with. And it's interesting because... This movie feels not certain, like, I mean, they definitely talk about politics for sure. And like, I've, he's always seemed like an enigma to me, like socially, like, well, he read it on his friends, but he, maybe he felt bad about it. Maybe he didn't, but he's Ilya worried Kazan? about, so, yeah, okay, like I he, didn't know na- that. he named names in like the oh, Red in Scare the in Hollywood. <laughs> and that was the whole on the waterfront thing. Like he, it sort of like symbolizes his inner turmoil, his conflict, um, so, yeah, it just feels like, uh, I guess this one just feels more like worried about, like, society as a whole. It doesn't feel mm-hmm. as, like, left, right. Uh, in in some ways, I guess in, in some ways it does. And, yeah, that's, that's about all I, I knew going in. Yeah, I mean, this movie has a lot of things that are still talked about today that has, uh, it has, it's, it's interesting. It has, like, you know, uh, 
uh, ads, uh, the relationship between advertisers and the uh, <laughs> the TV networks. It has mm-hmm. uh, Big Pharma in there, <laughs> which I was surprised. I was like, oh, big, big Pharma. Yeah. Conservative ecosystems. Bad news is good news. Like that, that kind of sales pitch. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Influencers. Influencers. Yeah, like I'd say, yeah, for sure. Remind me a lot of like social media influencers yeah. today. Oh, so much. Yeah. Um, but yeah, do we want to get into it? Get into the plot Let's here? It. Let's do it. Yeah. This summary is brought to you by Wikipedia. Yay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, so, all right. And a face in crowd. The face in the crowd. A face in the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> in the late 1950s America, in late 1950s America, radio journalist Marsha Dreffries encounters a drunken drifter, Larry Rhodes, while recording a segment at a rural Arkansas jail. She invites him to speak to the audience and sing while she, he plays guitar. And his raw voice, folksy humor, and personal charm make him an ins- make him instantly popular. Marsha dubs him Lonesome Rhodes and fast tracks him onto his own radio program. Marsha enlists the support of the show's staff writer Walt uh, Mel. I was going to say Walter Matthau. Uh, <laughs> Mel Miller, played by Walter Matthau. And witnesses the charismatic Rhodes ad-lib his way to Memphis area popularity, uh, effectively criticizing local politicians along the way. When he pokes fun at his sponsor, a mattress company, and it initially pulls its ads, but when his adoring audience revolts, burning mattresses in the streets, the sponsor discovers that Rhodes's irreverent pitches actually increase sales by 55%, and Rhodes returns to the air with a new awareness of his persuasive powers. He begins an affair with Marsha and proposes to her. Now, I know I know that's a lot of the movie right there. Um, uh-huh. This, this uh, summary kind of slows down and focuses on the latter part. Um, so ah. this, this was about an hour of, the, of a two-hour movie, so well, we that, have a lot yeah. to talk about. That's a perfect cutoff for me because I actually had to watch this in like two parts. And I'd say that that's about uh, where I got when I had to (laughs) stop yesterday. So perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So what'd you guys think of the first half? I, the first half moves so fast. Yeah. Like when I was watching it, like I like all, all, all this stuff happens, like the meeting him, because uh, Andy Griffith is in jail when she meets him, um, and, and then like brings him on the show, and then he does well, and then starts uh, uh, like influencing people and having all these things. I'm like, man, this well, I've been watching this movie for a while. I'm probably at like the halfway point right now, and I looked at the time I've been watching twenty minutes. <laughs> Yeah, same. Uh, yeah. I think I had the same reaction about twenty minutes in. I was like, "Oh wow, yeah. dang!" Uh, yeah, he's he's in he's in uh, Pickett, Arkansas, and he he's in the jail. They wake him up. He's uh, uh, completely soused. Um, he kind of he wakes up very jarringly. Did you guys notice how like oh, aggressive yeah. he looks? He looks oh, he's so a scary like scary guy. I don't know yeah. why like. 
I don't know why um, Marsha like singled him out to interview him. Besides yeah, the fact that he terrified. owned a guitar, uh-huh. uh, because like he was, the yeah. first half of the movie—I mean, throughout the whole movie—is scary. But like, he's like weird and loud and violent, uh, and it's like, oh, I. Mm. He like he is charming when he gets on the radio, but he's a scary dude. Yeah, very like erratic. Uh-huh. What are you gonna say, Lily? I just think it's like right away you see this woman, Marsha, who she's trying to interview with these guys in a jail, and it's just like, "Hi, you're <laughs> poor. Talk to me." Very <laughs> earnest. But that also reminded me of the kind of stuff you see on, like, TikTok and YouTube now where you have people who are like, yeah, we're going to go, like, talk to random people on the street. And they're like, you know, shoving microphones in people's faces. Yeah. Yeah. I thought this was more wholesome than that. But keep going. Sorry. Keep going. But it felt too, like, when she was talking about, like, oh, yeah, Northeast Arkansas Radio. And I'm like, well, apparently Northeast Arkansas Radio is really a crowded market. Mm -hmm. And they really needed to, like really make a name for themselves. Apparently it was really more cutthroat than I led Arkansas radio, local <laughs> Arkansas radio was initially. Apparently she really had to grind and like get, get some new well, stories out there to compete. She is trying to find her break. Like her uncle owns the station. So she, yeah. she hosts this, it's called a face in the crowd. That's her show. She goes up to random people like Lily said and interviews them and her, 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 her she has folksy charm herself. She's like, well, a beauty can be found everywhere. So we're going to go uh, all over the state. And now I'm going to a rural jail. <laughs> Sheriff, <laughs> let me in. Let me talk to this guy who's uh, uh, sleeping. Like, that seems like a good idea. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Let, me, um, let me watch you kick this guy for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, get up, get up. But it's too, it's weird, too, that it's like. Oh, that's not what I was going to say. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just I just love the editing and the writing of this where he's in the jail and he's like, "Okay, well, I'll I'll play you a song, but I have to get rehearsed first. So he kind of talks tells this tale about his life in Riddle, Arkansas, or Riddle, back in Riddle, which is like he, you find out that is a composite of like a middle America mm-hmm. uh or or southern American uh place. And uh, he tells the story, he sings the song, and he's like, okay, now I'm ready. So that, And it cuts to, uh, cuts to the radio station, and she's showing her uncle the, what she's got. And it, it, it says, oh, you already had, and you hear, and you hear Lonesome Roads go, oh, you had that thing going the whole time? And they're listening to this whole conversation. So I just like that clever editing thing mm-hmm. where they, it's in the radio station that you realize, Oh, that she's been recording this whole time. Well, I'll Whoa. be darned. Well, okay, so that is a clever, and there were several instances of kind of like clever editing. There was also some like weirdly timed cuts where it felt like they cut, like it would fade to black, like mid sentence. Yeah. Like, like, or like there was like a scene like early on where he like takes her out to like a bar and some guy sees them there together. The sheriff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the sheriff there sees them and he goes like, oh, you, you guy. And like he goes to like punch him, fa- gentle fade to black. Like, <laughs> like yeah. as the fight started. Yeah, he's gen- like, gentle no, you're, fade. you're not going to fight. And then, yeah. Cut to later when they have fought. Yeah. And I don't know how much of that is just like, it's a, I don't know, like an older movie editing kind of style. Um, but there was a few moments where I was like, oh, oh, okay. And we're, do- and we're done with that. Mm-hmm. Um, well, there was, but yeah, there were the, also clever moments. 
there was jump there was like the sound was awkward too because they had him laugh yeah. and then it just like cut hard cut yeah, yeah. <laughs> or like yeah a lot of the audience reactions was just a hard cut out like uh-huh. Uh-huh. they would laugh and then Bye. he would keep gone. going gone uh which is kind of funny because later on in the movie like he he kind of invents canned laughter yeah, yeah. Um, we talk about that, that. yeah and, and that's that's kind of Intentionally or not, how so a lot of the audience sounds just like ah, <laughs> silence. Uh, Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I so I to me, this uh, uh, reminded me a lot of all the videos I've seen of Beatlemania, mm-hmm. um, and it makes me think like. I, I know there are still, like, super fans out there. Like, I, I, I know, like, a couple of years... Like, right now, it's, like, Harry Styles or... Back I, I've when heard it was, like, Harry Styles fans can be, like, like, rat, like yeah. they're scary. Yeah, or, like, when it was, like, Justin Bieber or... Like, but, like, j- just because, like... Sean Mendes. All, all the, all the yeah. clips looked like all the fucking people... During Beatlemania, like, jumping over airport <laughs> gates and, like, rushing the band and... Like, I, I know there's still those super fans, but was there something about, like, the 50s and 60s where people would just lose their goddamn minds? Roll, baby! <laughs> I think it was honestly the interconnectivity of uh, radio and yeah. of, like, TV. For the first time, you could see your... You could have these paranor- paranormal... Parasocial wow. relationships with Elvis or all these things. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. and, and so people would just lose their goddamn minds. And speaking of Elvis, uh, this was being shot uh, at the same time as, like, an Elvis movie. Um, mm-hmm. So when they did go to Arkansas, like, like right next... Or, or on, like, one of the sets they used... Uh, Elvis had just used it, so it was just kind of like... Elvis had just left the building? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, essentially. And so uh, I think uh, our director, Elia is his name? Elia. Elia, yeah, he... Okay, yeah, he he kind of uh, recreated that. And I don't think any radio personal, like, DJ hosts are going to get bum-rushed, you know? I don't think Rush Limbaugh was ever, like, met with that... <laughs> that many yeah. people. God. I don't think Prairie Home him. Companion commands that much <laughs> attention. Yeah, but you know, just to sell the point that Lonesome Roads is a handsome young buck. In the, well, I think in at the... that point, by the time they're showing him having crazy fans, he's on TV though too, so people are, I guess, kind yeah, of seeing him more. But but also when when he is on, like this dude wields so much influence so mm-hmm. quickly. Like what? One of his first like tests of power um, is uh, the sheriff is trying to run for mayor. See, back in Riddle, we we would give the uh, most powerful, the most influential person, the least powerful job. See if they were good enough to be a dog catcher. Let's go see if the sheriff can be a dog catcher himself. Why don't you bring every dog in the city to his house? And they do. Like they listen to like, and it's immediate. It's not planned or anything. It's not like. April 23rd, we're going to drop all of our dogs at the sheriff's house. They're, they're like live on radio. They're like, oh, grab, grab your dog. We're going to the sheriff's house <laughs> right now. That's the power of media, baby. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
I I I enjoyed his stories. I enjoyed. Um, I didn't. You didn't. <laughs> you didn't like his. Uh, oh, here we do. Ba boo ba boo. Yeah, no, I didn't love his foghorn leghorn cosplay he was oh, doing. Oh I my God. loved it. Uh, <laughs> I hate that folksy, like, well, just as my father. No one's talking about your dad. This isn't about your dad. This is about something unrelated. You're making the connection that no one else is making. You need to talk faster, and you're not no. that good looking, and you're not that charming. No, and I don't no, know why people a, like you. He's got a full hour to fill on that radio show with his, so he's got to drag it out. Yeah. I don't know. Like, oh, thank God with podcasts now, you can like speed it up a little bit or something. <laughs> and, oh, that's what all of our viewers are doing right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what did I just I say? I couldn't understand. Like, well, it's another day. And I'm like, stop! You're too slow. You're too slow. <laughs> <laughs> You're so boring. A, like, why I, are I love people a southern drawl, though. Mm-hmm. But not there from was... Andy Griffith. <laughs> but that is his accent. He has the southern drawl. Not, not but quite I that strong. I don't like it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't like the way you speak, Andrew. <laughs> he, he basically gets on air, and the first thing he says, I, I, re- I really like this uh, line. He's, he's trying to get the housewives on his side, and he's like, mm. isn't it oh, a shame? It's... Isn't it the shame they get on you about every little thing just because they don't have the gumption to take it out on the boss? And then they just cut to, like, a housewife looking at her husband and then it's just being and him being like, well, I better get going. Yep. <laughs> I thought there was some like com- uh, comedic uh, timing that was pretty good in this. Oh, yeah. Uh, it was for a being funny edited. movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so like he gets he gets uh, offered. I didn't. To... Li- I never laughed. <clears throat> well, you are the core audience of this movie. You are 1950s. House- housewives. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I've seen your kitchen. I see it right now. Yeah, it's I, mid-century modern. <laughs> I see it is, the stylings there. You can't. Is that hide pistachio from us. green uh, air fryer behind you? <laughs> it's a microwave. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. There are no air fryers here, sir. Son, my my mouth is dripping with molasses as a a a a sweet talk you. Anyway. There has been a murder in Arkansas. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, basically. So I, I basically fast tracked the whole thing. He gets really accepted into the picket Arkansas thing, and then he goes off. He uh, yeah. gets offered a job at the Grand Old Opry, or at least from an agent who is from the Grand Old yeah. Opry, and is like, "We got something in Memphis that can uh, uh, that is best suited for you." Um, I love the little details that they didn't really mention. Like, I don't know. Culturally, I don't know the 50s that well. So, mm. you know, the guy, the agent had, um, uh, I, I believe it was a hearing aid. Yeah. Like an old-timey hearing aid. I noticed aid. that. Yeah. yeah. They didn't mention that. They didn't mention, <laughs> back in the war, I got my ear blown off or something. Or, you uh-huh. know, like. I don't know, the, that artillery, <laughs> whatever. You can, thank, you can thank those mean old krauts for this here contraption. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And then uh, 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 the black assistant in the, um, in the uh, radio station, he has a limp. I, I, I was just curious. He, he was like kind of a big part of that area in that, mm-hmm. uh, of that set. And he just went around with a limp. And they didn't really explain it. He yeah. just had a limp. And it was that. So I I I feel like that's just 
what the actors were, and they're just like, yep, yeah, keep it. Keep it, <laughs> but we're not going to explain it. Yeah. Like, the imperfect imperfections were kind of, like, used. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, and I, I think, too, it's, I think it, it hints towards Ilya Kazan's kind of more naturalistic and more, like, just enhancing, like, what someone's natural inclinations were, like in, um, like in On the Waterfront, Marlon Brando sounds like how Marlon Brando talks. You know, mm. he didn't have to put on a, a dialect or he didn't sound that different. So it, in my, I think of it as like, yeah, we'll just use it. You know, that'll just inform the, the storytelling. You know, like we don't need mm. to really like attach all these other fake identities to the story. Yeah. And it really worked because besides, besides Lonesome Roads, Andy Griffith, Patricia Neal, and Walter Matthau, these guys spoke pretty naturally. Like I was, mm-hmm. whenever Patricia Neal, she was just a delight to watch. She was so yeah, natural. She was she's my favorite part of the whole movie. Oh yeah, she's, well, she she's almost kind of like actual main character because like yeah. you're you're more following it all from her perspective. We like are watching her. him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As the viewer, we we are her for sure. Yeah. And we're also like uh, Walter Matthau, which you go, they go to Memphis and one of the writers is uh, Mel Miller, Walter Matthau. um, And he instantly, he's a charming person himself, but he instantly kind of gets belittled by Lonesome Roads for having an education. Memphis 44, I see. Uh, But he he starts taking a liking to Patricia right away. And. I don't know. Mm-hmm. He was. He had some great lines. <laughs> I I wanted them to be together. I know. Yeah. Uh, but maybe they did because we haven't gotten to the end of the movie yet. So. <gasps> oh, you yeah. spoiler alert. I I do think it's it like it was kind of interesting because both uh both uh Martha Marsha and what Mel was that his name? Yeah, Mel. Yeah, both Patricia and Mel were uh, Marsha and Mel were very like charming characters in their own right. Uh, and and, like very likable. And like, even you see the opening scene is Marsha going and doing her radio show and being like personable and charming. Um, and, and then like, uh, well, lonesome roads comes into the, uh, situation. Like it's interesting because his on-air personality is like trying to be the amount of charming that they already are. Mm -hmm. Um, Just with that uh, twinge of folksy charm. Uh, And then you look at Marsha and Mel just being genuinely charming, but not on air. It's like, right. They're sincere as, uh, and he's not. His sincerity is showmanship. But speaking yeah. of the showmanship, they go to Memphis. They have he starts his own show. And the first episode, I thought this was kind of wild in 1957. I don't know, but he brings uh, the African American woman on the yeah. set. He's like, let me, let me, let me uh, show you. You know, let me tell you a story. And then he basically explains the woman's story and says, "Hey, she lost her house. It got burned down. Everybody, send in um, whatever." Half dollar. It, Half dollar, and then it shows from the uh, from the um, like a black family's uh, perspective. They're like, "Oh my gosh, look who's on TV! It's somebody of our color, or something like that." And it was like, "Whoa, okay, all all right, whoa, this is happening." I know you start to be like, "Oh, maybe he's kind of like okay, like maybe he's not such a bad guy." But how it treats race is to his side. (laughs) 
as like a prop too. I don't know. It's yeah, but like yeah. no, but it is because it it is like a like using someone to like show that he's being a good person. Yeah. Um, but like it is kind of like not in a great way. But also in a shock value way because this is the yeah. south. Right? I must say yeah. that this probably didn't go i mean if this were a real story this probably wouldn't have gone over as well as it did mm-hmm. in the movie especially since they were taking out like like black people scenes from like dance movies because they were just like cutting those out of the movies and sending it down south the studios were doing that so it's yeah. just like whoa interesting um so you know it, it, a wild scene to see in the 50s so mm-hmm. um but yeah uh, anything else to say about this? I know we kind of, I touched on like there was an affair in this first half. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, I I know it was probably like creative liberty, but the amount of times they take Lonesome Roads and just drop him in front of a media presence and just say, go, no script, you do yeah. you. <laughs> like... And then, like, especially when he was on the TV show, they're like, yeah, you did great on radio. Now put this straw in your mouth, lean against a fence, and be charming for an hour. Um, and then when he went off script immediately, they're like, what's he doing? It's like, yeah, you didn't really tell him to do anything. Yeah. Um, and now, in, in my opinion, I really liked, because um, he, he is a charming person on screen. Uh, and the first thing he does when he's on TV is like he brings the camera over and like turns the monitor so you can kind of see this mirror effect and you can see the people in the tech booth in the back. Um, I thought that was just really cool. I I hadn't really seen something like that before. Mm-hmm. And just seeing him be like, oh, yeah, they're trying to put on a show. Let me show you what the show is all about. And it was like that. Honestly, his like Memphis TV performance was the uh time that i was most pro lonesome roads i'm like nah like breaking right. the fourth wall yeah, yeah. i like I, I like what this guy's doing he's well, he, I, i'm i want to see what he does more not to like again like the we you know where the movie goes later but in this first part he's kind of like playing almost like and at the time it doesn't seem like he's playing a character but now having watched the rest of the movie i wonder how much of it was like an act yeah. of playing this kind of like the people's man, like, I don't know how this TV stuff works. Oh, like, I'm shucks. just going to, like, you know, do what I want and, like, show you how it's working. Because I, you know, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I'm just a country boy. Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, and, like, that is kind of, like, I think the initial, like, charming. Like, see, I'm just, like... One of you regular folks, yeah. like, up here That's on the, the pitch, screen, right? You know. That's like, how yeah. he gets you in. He gets your hooks uh-huh. in, like, I'm natural. I'm one of you guys. It's kind of like a, a kind of a terrible yeah. podcaster. <laughs> Maybe us. Oh. Uh, being like, we're, we're, we're one of you because we have this cynical view about the top, like, like you do, right? he's not following the rules. He's not, yeah. like, you know, yeah. doing what someone who'd be too, you know, maybe more trained to be a TV personality would do in this situation. And it's, like, yeah. it's so different from, like, whatever else is out there at the time that I yeah. think that that's this is, how he gets This is influence. just showmanship. This is just showmanship as he, like becomes a showman himself and this is also just showmanship of him yeah. turning the camera and, around and speaking of bad podcasters who are his first two sponsors but 
male virality pills and mattresses. <laughs> Nothing has changed. And speaking <laughs> of, let's take a moment to thank our sponsors of today's episode of Hello from Obscurity. Uh, Raid Shadow Legends. Uh, <laughs> uh, should I go on here? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anything to add, Lily? Don't I, I like him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He, I don't think you're supposed to, but yeah. Yeah, he's he's getting no, he's getting like, a little more. Oh, I also on. just don't really like the movie. <laughs> that, that's fair. We'll get to that at the end. It's 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 good that you're saying this. It was um, just so to me the it's interesting you guys said it went by fast cuz I was I don't know what it was about this movie. It just felt like I was watching the same scene 20 times. Like, look at this guy. What can he do? Let's bring him here. Look at this guy. Oh my god, let's bring him over here. Oh my god. He's oh my god. And I'm like, who cares? <laughs> who cares about what? Him. Oh, okay. He's not a remarkable guy. So, like, everyone just being, like, taken in by his, like, presence. And even, I know that's part of it, but it's just, sure. like, it was just such a disconnect. Like, it's like, I I sort of liken it to, I know, but I know not a lot of us probably, or I don't know. Like, when you watch <laughs> a movie with a love story, and you just, like, what's so special about her? Like, what's so great mm. about him? I felt like I was having that, like, why does she go out with him? She could have any, like... There's no, it felt like the radio world was just this void until he showed up. Like it was just dead airways until everyone just turned on the radio and then he was playing like nothing existed yeah. before him. And I'm I, like, I, I, I do get what know, you're saying there yeah. because like it, it's very much, it's, it's, you don't really see what the other entertainment is. All yeah. you see is him saying like, y'all should do this. Yeah, we should do this. Oh, oh, oh. Right. Like, right. there wasn't yeah. also, like, the Lone Ranger, Flash Gordon. Like, this wasn't, this was a really cool time for radio, and you would think he was the only one who was like, radio, I'll do that. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I, I like your analogy of, like, if <laughs> why is he into her? You know, that type of romance thing. <laughs> why because was Marsha into Mr. Eyebrow? Like, just, like, what's... He's so unappealing. Like, why do they have an affair? Like, gross. <laughs> he's always sweaty and yelling. <laughs> he's so weird. He is very sweaty. I, 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 do, I do like that they make a point in saying that, like, you put your everything into that laugh. The scariest laugh I've ever heard in my entire life. It's just like, Jesus. <laughs> like, oh my God. It, like, you think you know what a villain laugh is until you hear Andy Griffith scream his laugh at the top of his lungs. Yeah, that was jarring. That's for sure. And I guess everyone, uh, if you listened to last week's episode, heard that. Uh, yeah, trailer. yeah, I kept in some laughs. Um, <laughs> not all of them. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I will go on um, Great. just to get, get these things going. Um, all right, da, 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 fast track, political, Pope's one. Uh, he begins an affair with Marsha and proposes to her. That's where we left off. And an ambitious office worker at the mattress company, Joe, Joey De Palma, puts together a deal for Rose to star in a new TV show in New York City. Sponsor, the sponsor is Vitajex, an energy yeah. supplement. 
It's so gross! <laughs> it's so gross, you guys! An energy supplement that Rhodes ingeniously reimagines as a yellow pill marketed as a male enhancement product. At his fame, as his fame, influence, and ego increases, Rhodes is enlisted to improve the appeal of presidential hopeful Senator Worthington Fuller of California and rebrands the stuffy conservative as an everyman with the folksy nickname Curly. Uh, uh, get it? Let me he's read. I <laughs> <laughs> get it. I get it. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna read the next part. Uh, yeah, cool. Just one more paragraph. In contrast to his friendly on-screen persona, <gasps> Rhodes has privately become an egomaniac who berates his staff. Uh, Marsha hopes uh, Marsha's hopes of marrying Rhodes are dashed. First, when a woman turns up claiming to be his legitimate wife. And then, when he returns from alleged divorce proceedings in Mexico, newly married to 17-year-old drum majorette Betty Lou, Rhodes and Marsha enter into a profit-sharing agreement after she reminds him of her role in his goddamn fucking success. We get one F word. I'm going to use it right here before the sponsors take us off. Oh, don't, don't. Okay, all right. We just lost stamps.com. No! Staples! (laughs) Uh, That made me so sad for her. Um, And it's like, I knew it wasn't, I didn't want her to be with him. No. First of all, when he proposes to her, he he calls her over to his house and is like, yeah, I just had another girl over here. (laughs) By the way, will you marry me? Yeah. Uh, And it's just like, I mean, I, I think it was a good portrayal of just like how people end up in super toxic relationships like that because it's like she had already done so much for him she i think felt like in a way of like that it was just a matter of time before things were gonna like fully work out with him and just sort of like i think was more because of that blind to some of his um uh not so great qualities um but no my heart just like broke for her when he shows up with this freaking 17 17 year old like, that was so gross. Man, that was like so icky. Like even his his it's agent. It's like Courtney guy, Stodden. It was so um, gross. It's like Courtney even his Stodden. His agent was like, "Oh yeah, Courtney by Stodden. the way, she's 17." Um, and he goes, "One hell of a child." I'm like, "Ah!" Oh! <laughs> and then he marries her. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it portrays it portrays these media types very well, though, as we might well uh, yeah. imagine sure. well, that's how like, relevant this is, how uh, disgusting this is. Um, but yeah, that was a, that was a definitely a weird scene to watch. Um, he goes down to Arkansas, uh, and, um, uh, for a long time, like it's a 10 minute scene. He, he judges yeah. a majorette competition, a drum majorette competition, which Lee Remick is, uh, Betty Lou and, uh, she wins. Oh, thank on, God. Yeah. yeah. On- <laughs> I wonder why. Yeah, I wonder yeah. why too. But her, him creepily looking at her. This is okay. So the, uh, he, I, I watched an interview with um, Andy Griffith talking about that scene, and he said, <laughs> he said, uh, uh, you know, Alia. Am I getting Ilya? Ilya. Ilya. Sorry, Ilya Kazam. Uh, 
Kazanna. Kazanna. No, please. No, no, no. That's his name, and I should be. I right. hate being. The, I hate being that person, though. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's totally fine, Lily. Um, Kazan. Mm. Uh, <laughs> with an N. With an N. <laughs> Shit. Kazan. Kazan. Na 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 na. Um, gave him one direction for that scene, like when they when they were showing his reaction shot to him leering at. Uh, uh, Lee Remick, he's basically Lee uh, Kazan went up to him and said, "This is your direction. Fuck her." And that was it. And that was it. And and by the way, Andy Griffiths said that, and I was like, "I don't like that coming out of your mouth, sir." <laughs> yeah, I don't like that. <laughs> so, I know. Um, I mean, it did work for making the scene ugh, feel very yeah. creepy. It was ugh. like. I mean, I guess that's just what it is. It's like, Lily, I know you, you don't like him, but I think that's, like, the point that the movie's trying to make is, like, showing, like, this is why you shouldn't revere people like this. Like, yeah. just But blindly. it was just so weird because it felt like he creeped out Marsha. Like, it felt like he was creeping on her, like, mm. right away. And yeah. it felt like she was, like, trying to be professional and, like, all I'm worried about is getting my radio show. That's the only thing I I'm worried about. Mm. But then it's, like... Wait, he's like, he looks like a Muppet, like with his eyebrows. <laughs> he's like a southern sweaty Muppet. Well, you yeah, already I, called him a Looney Tune, and now you're calling him Muppet, and now <laughs> just, I think, just call him I a sock I puppet. Can... He doesn't deserve three-dimensional characteristics yet. <laughs> uh, I like that. I like as that. Far, as far as the Marsha thing... Uh, I, I think just I didn't can, get why was she okay. Well, I'll, I, I'm I done. think I think I can I can make this <laughs> comparison that I was thinking of a lot throughout the movie, and this might sound weird, but there's a little bit of like a almost like Frankenstein and his monster kind of quality of this. Of like, I think she saw him and was like, "This is someone mm-hmm. who could be great for like radio for me trying to like move my career forward on the show." She creates him. And then he becomes this like monster that she loses control over that now she has to kind of like reconcile the fact that like she's the one that helps create this thing. And like, I think she feels that guilt for that. Okay. So it's like Uh, Pygmalion or My Fair Lady. Like he makes this thing uh and then like, and then he's like responsible for this thing here. Okay. Yeah. So that that was something that like I read it a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, and that, like, she does kind of fall in love with him for a period, I think. But I think, like, and he, like, you know, it's just, like, one of those things that I think of toxic relationships. She does continue to help him and want to be with him a bit, despite yeah. how awful he's treated her. Just because, like, sometimes in those sorts of things, you just get, like, attached in a way that you can't really, like, justify to yourself. Also, um, one thing that I must say is... Confidence is key. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think that's how a lot of people mm-hmm. listen to Mad Men because confidence is key. I mean, you can say anything with such, like, uh, you know, uh, fortitude and people will listen. Yeah. I mean, and I'm, it, I'm, I, I'm guilty of t- too. I go on, I uh, go on to uh, uh, a fucking. YouTube videos and go to the comment section to see what people thought of this. And people are like, this fucking sucks. And I'm like, yeah, I guess it kind of sucks. Wait a minute. 
wait a minute, why am I listening to this asshole who just, yeah. you know, has no opinion and he just says this fucking sucks. You know, like I take umbrage to those things mm-hmm. or I, I listen to those things. So I cannot imagine, you know, being with somebody who like, Always has an answer. Because when he's talking about... So his first wife comes, who I like his first wife. His first wife comes, he's like, you can have him. As long as he pays me whatever, whatever in Arkansas. $3,000 a month. Which is a pretty penny. Which Um, is $38,000 a month in today's... Damn. uh, Jesus. Um, Okay. But he basically... Uh, oh, I lost my train of thought. I apologize. What, what was I confidence. talking about? He's a confidence man. Yes, but what was I talking about? Uh, he has all the answers, so when he's talking oh, on yeah. the radio. So he, when he talks, uh, Marsha confronts him about, like, there's a girl that says he's your first, she says you're, she says you're her, his, oh, God, whatever. She, She's your she first She says wife. that you two are still married. Yeah. Yes. And and then basically says, oh, it was an illegitimate thing at Huar. I mean, he picked it up immediately. Yeah. He was like, I have an answer for this. manipulative, gaslighting, like, it's the whole thing. Also, and I'll probably want to come back to this a little later once we get to the end of the movie. But he definitely gives me, like, Trump vibes. Like, oh. quite a bit. In Alex just the, Jones. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but just in the, like, being like, oh, yeah, like, I, I know what all of you people want and, like, what you're thinking and feeling and, like, I'm just one of you. But then, like, secretly probably talking shit about his followers all the time, which will come back later in the movie. But yeah. I don't doubt that Trump does the same thing. Yeah. I, I, I have something to say to that, Sam, but I'll get to that at the end of the movie because yeah. I might want to contest you on that. Just just we'll, we'll hold a pin in that. We'll hold a pin in that about Trump. That's more about Trump, not this guy. But uh, mm. uh, yeah, um, there were a few things. OK, the Vitajex, uh, Let We got to talk about that. That that was a crazy montage, and it was so funny. Basically, yeah. he goes into the meeting and says, you know, uh, the the researcher says, we don't really have anything. This is basically, it's, uh, I, I saw the equivalent, uh, somebody made an equivalency online to, like, yes. a baby. Two, a ba- two lattes yeah. and a baby aspirin. Yeah, that's what it does for you. That's it. But he decides, hey, we're going to make this a show, and we're going to make this uh, uh, advertisement about <laughs> uh, male enhancement pills. So he gets this just crazy show and commercials on and, and uses graphics and, you know, get hot women going like, I gave my man a fucking tub of Vitajax and it shows I, a, a water cooler jug. Yeah. Like, <laughs> full of like it shows this like lady I in bed. I got him a 10 year supply. Yeah. But like she's part of like that. Like she just got late and she's like, oh, well, this yeah. is yeah. well because this. glow. My, my favorite part of that is like it pans over to this comically large like fucking water cooler filled with pills. And on the label, it says Vitajax, 100 tablets. And there's like 10,000 in there. <laughs> you should know from that that maybe it's not accurate. Uh-huh. Well, and that, that's where I really thought about Alex Jones, because he's always like, now if you take these pills, you can fight the globalists. You can fight yeah. the enemy if you take these. If you take that's these tactical I... taint wipes, that you, you can wipe out the enemy. Uh-huh. 
uh, in Glass Onion. Have you guys seen Glass Onion? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um. Uh. Uh. Dave Bautista's uh, uh character basically opens up and says, first of all, those pills. He opens up to the web. He's a Twitch streamer. And he's like, yeah. those pills are not rhino, uh, rhino pills or whatever rhino horns smashed up. Yeah. Okay. They're legit pills, and you should take them because they make you feel like a man. And that's exactly what it reminded me of this this oh, Vitojex. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I just thought yeah. it was great. His like Lonesome Roads is like amazing ad campaign that he demonstrates for the boardroom is he's like, Yeah, watch what happens. And he like he's like, I'm oh, just God. a normal dude, blah 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 blah. Ugh. And he takes a pill and go and he starts freaking chasing out and women. chasing women out and of the room. Scream and everyone's like, "Oh!" Yeah, and it's like, and I haven't even swallowed funny. the pill yet. Um, that was uh, my favorite. That was my favorite part. It wasn't. Wait, no. Explain that. No, what? No, it was oh, horrible. Okay. I was like, wait a minute. You said that with such deadpan that I was like, wait a minute. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> no, and that definitely reminded me of the Mad Men scene where they're having the party at Sterling Cooper, and that one blonde guy's like, the receptionist walks by, and he's like, "You better run. I'm gonna chase you." Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Kenny Costco. And she, Sorry, Emma. Yeah, and he, she kind of acts like she's into it because I think maybe she kind of has to, but she's also like clearly like <laughs> yeah how they treat sex this is a very racy movie for again the 50s so I know. i'm always I was thinking wondering the fa- where like the censorship stuff was at this point i can't remember if it was still like really hardcore by now or like although that might have just been tv and not movies as much no, no, no. Movies had the same problem. Yeah. Alfred Hitchcock was trying to do, like, sexual innuendos, and yeah. they were allowing him because he was such a good director. But I think of the pure uh, the 50s as very Puritan. To, so to yeah. see this going on, I'm like, There's what? There's a lot They're... of zoom-ins on butts. <laughs> but not Brad Pitt's butt. Oh, no! Not as Brad Pitt's butt. Might not have, was not born yet, but no excuses. No, I know we still have yet to search for it. Or, uh, we found it, we found it, but it's not in an obscure movie. Yeah, there's a Brad oh, Pitt butt in Babylon. So, oh. Brad Pitt butt Babylon. There is a there you is know, in fact the, the real deal. Brad Pitt's butt has been found. Not you say that Babylon through? is not an obscure movie, but yeah. nobody heard about it. But did it. anybody see it other than Peter and I? Did anybody love it other than Peter and I? We I met somebody know. who was in it. That's true. That's true. Yeah. You met Margot Robbie? We met Margot Robbie. Oh, my uh, God. No. Did she mention uh, me? Yeah. Yeah. That, oh, you cool. were all she talked about. It was weird. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, as long as that's cool. Well, that's great. <laughs> Tell her hi for cool. me. <laughs> that's um, why we're radio personalities exactly um, we have a video element but it's just for us yeah. <laughs> um and then yeah he talks about yeah he's trying to re rehabilitate this guy's image this uh this isolationist um who are basically the the first america first party nowadays yeah uh um yeah which i'm sure that's a real thing that happens like you bring in people who are very media savvy to coach like politicians but i i don't know it, it felt this like this must have been uh, a new thing yeah well because they talk about that they say like you know politics have to change now we have yeah. tv 
it's not enough to just have like, you know, policies that you think people are going to want to vote for. You have to be a personality that people want to vote for. Yeah. There's the whole, uh, they even like mention Nixon in the movie because there's the whole, uh, uh, he was like hated on his first television appearance because he was, uh, uh, he was just like a sweaty, schlubby mess. And everyone's like, oh, mm, I don't know about that guy. And then once he got more media savvy, they're like, that guy should be president. <laughs> so that was actually, so this is before that. So he wasn't media oh, savvy is then it? either. Oh, yes. yeah. So that was in 1960. I think he was That's just true. vice president now. Yeah. So, uh, so what they're referencing, the, so basically he says, hey, Curly, the, the, the senator, he's like, you should, you, you need a dog. My, 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 my. Constituents, not he didn't say constituents, but my viewers lack dogs. And uh, you saw I Roosevelt didn't like have a that. dog. Cats are fine. I know, right? Uh, but he said Roosevelt had a dog, and well, you know, Dick Nixon, it didn't, it didn't help, uh, it didn't hurt him either. Um, they're referring to when Dick Nixon uh, was running for vice president with Eisenhower in '52, yeah. and he basically made this faux pas. People had kind of. He responded to a reporter who was kind of goading him into saying something, and he basically made a faux pas, and he said, you know, my funds, my campaign funds are completely squeaky clean. Those communists are what we're focusing about, or something like that. It was some implication of his, uh, his funding was impropriety. It was like people were bribing him, which is false, which was false, but like... Eisenhower's running a squeaky clean campaign, so he said, you get on the air and tell people what you've been doing and show them, and then, at the end, we're going to decide if you're still going to be my VP or not. So mm. <laughs> Richard Nixon was like, backed him to a corner, he played politics, and he basically said, this is not bribe money, but if you think that it is, I will give everything back, eh, eh, but I won't give back. And he gets very, like, very emotional. He's like, I bought my daughter. I don't know why I'm doing a Southern. I bought my daughter. <laughs> there we go. A, an American Cocker Spaniel. And his name, her name is Checkers. And she loves, my daughter loves her very much. Uh, so if you think I should not be a vice president, you can write in to the RNC tonight. <laughs> and it, and, and they did. And they did. And everybody was like, oh, no, don't, don't take Richard Nick. It was a faux pas. It was a, it was he a mistake. A don't, he, she, he has a daughter who loves a puppy. So that's what they're referencing. Yeah. It's, called the, it's called the checkers speech. <clears throat> the checkers speech. But I just thought it was funny that they mentioned a, f- uh, a future president and, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the vice president at the time. So, so um, anything else to say about that part? Or should I finish this off? Why don't, why don't you finish it and then we can, we can talk about can the really thing. We can really dig our claws That's, into yeah. it. Oh, my God, guys. Oh, my God. So aggressive. <laughs> so aggressive. Um, let me find it first. Okay. <laughs> <clears throat> Ultimately, Rhodes, Rhodes's ascent into fame and arrogance begins to turn on him. Joey, uh, the uh, his agent, has an affair with Rhodes's young wife. Rhodes dumps her and sends her back to Arkansas, but can't get out of his business arrangement with Joey, who threatens to reveal Rhodes's secrets. Uh, Rhodes visits Marsha 
who has come to regret her role in making him famous while he proposes his Fighters for Fuller proposal. While Rhodes gets comfortable, uh, Marsha leaves him in the rain. Uh, to, dis- to destroy him, she activates a live microphone over the end credits of his TV show that reveals Rhodes contemptuously mocking Fuller and the station's idiot viewers. His popularity and show's ratings plummet, and he uh, and the advertisers cancel their sponsorships, and Rhodes' descent descends in a metaphorical metaphorical elevator down to the ground floor. Rhodes returns to his penthouse, where he was scheduled to address the nation's business and political elite, only to find the room empty, except for his friend Beanie and a few black servants, whom he dismisses when they don't respond to his demands. He discovers the truth during a phone call with Mel and Marsha and threatens suicide, but Marsha only goads him on. When the pair arrive at uh, Rhodes' home, they find him speaking with an applause machine replacing the people whose support he lost. Marsha tells Rhodes that she was responsible for his open microphone incident and demands that he never call her again. Before they leave, Mel lays out a prediction of Rhodes' future. His career is not completely over, and he will likely find a further TV, ne- uh, further TV work soon, uh, but never again enjoy the same level of popularity and prestige. After leaving the building, Mel and Marcia hear Rhodes screaming from the penthouse for Marcia to return to him, but ignore him as they depart into the night as a ta- in a taxi as a Coca-Cola sign in neon lights flashes continuously. So the downfall. The downfall. The downfall. Yeah. Um, easy come, easy go. Yeah. Easy go. Easy go. My, I, I know it's kind of like the last thing, but my, my mm-hmm. favorite part of the whole movie, um, or, or my favorite speech, rather, is Walter Matthau's final Same. speech. Same. About, I was like, listen, you're probably not done. You like you've 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 lost the battle, but uh, uh, given a few years, the American public has a bad short-term memory. They'll probably be like, "Oh yeah, he was famous once. Let's get let's give him another chance. How bad could he have been?" Because uh, I I feel like if it was a more if they wanted to wrap it up in a bow more, they could have been like, and he was ruined forever, and he went back to jail, and we never heard from him again. But, and like, the speech like, would have been like, um, the American people won't lift a finger to touch their radio when you're on the air. You yeah. might as well yeah. die yeah. right now. It's like, no, your yeah. base will never leave you. You'll be well, back. It, it's Well, I guess what it was saying, though, and I, I like that this, because this feels like the much more realistic yeah. is it's like he won't ever be as like big. as influential yeah. he's never gonna have that some people aren't ever gonna forget that he really is a piece of crap um but other people will and will still watch him but he's ne- he's gonna be someone that people go oh yeah who was that guy what was his name like he- he's not gonna be like the same level of recognition mm-hmm. um well well i talked to so this was a, it it's interesting that you say, or this speech came up because I talked to, I was talking to a coworker when I worked on the, at the Guthrie two years ago, uh, uh, shout out to the Guthrie theater in Minneapolis. Um, but we were talking and she argued that all the people who got canceled really are 
still around. And they're, they're yeah, they're did, all fine. Anybody, they're all gonna be fine. Did anybody get canceled? Canceled? Like, did they? Did they ruin their? Sh- and it's like, yeah, no, they not really. People it's like only the ones here. who actually committed like a crime and are uh-huh. now and like in jail. trial and going to jail. Yeah. If you're not like that far, like, or, you know, you don't actually get like sentenced or anything, then like, yeah, you know, most of those people were famous enough that they still have plenty of money. They're not going to be like broke because of this. They're still going to live perfectly comfortable lives. It's just going to not be like in a beloved, like celebrity kind of mm-hmm. situation. That, yeah. Uh, you know, I think of all the comedians that were canceled. I mm-hmm. think of, uh, I think of, uh, um, OJ Simpson oh. as a podcast. OJ, uh, Matt Lauer is going to write a book soon. Like I, yeah. I read, like he's, he's doing a tell all book. Louis CK is back on podcasts. Yep. Yeah. He's back, back, back on tour. tour. Yeah. He, he has, he has shows out. again. Chappelle's um. not going to go away. I mean, JK yeah. Rowling's still c- cashing checks. All these people who are canceled supposedly are, are doing fine. Yeah, I would say the it's the exception to actually go away and see the inside of a jail cell. That is not the norm. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. But it, it just like, shows... Oh, go on. Well, because I think, like, a few of the big ones, like Weinstein, Cosby, Kevin Spacey, like, some of those bigger ones... Well, Kevin but, Spacey's getting off on all of his trials for yeah. some fucking reason. Totally. But, like, in terms of, like, I don't necessarily see Kevin Spacey, like... Come, like doing a big no, movie premiere. No, he's like screwed over enough that he's not ever going to work again. Yeah. But. Right. But I don't know, guys. I honestly think it might be a Mel Gibson situation. I seriously yeah. do. I think somebody no, will I inject so. doubt into the situation just because he was never tried. Um, similar to how O.J. Simpson is like, you can inject doubt. He was he yeah. was alleged murderer. He's never been convicted. The glove. If the glove don't mm-hmm. quit, you must acquit. The glove the didn't fit. The glove don't fit. Yeah, you must acquit. Oh, Johnny Cochran. What a guy. What a um, guy. What a guy. But yeah, I, I really loved Walter Matthau kind of explaining. Like, yeah, these guys are never going to be back, but they mm-hmm. will be present. Um, and I thought that was very, uh, very, especially when you only have like three media outlets in the 1950s mm-hmm. uh, compared to now you have every media outlet for them. Uh that that was very prescient <laughs> for mm-hmm. the future. Um, but man, when he went crazy, the first oh part <laughs> is that, that, that elevator going down and I'm like, Oh, metaphors. Wow. I, <laughs> and like, I, I did really, enjoy, because like right before that, his studio is on the 51st floor and he talks about like how he had 51% of the American public on his side. Um, so he could be like, oh, yeah, I have the majority of audience. And then you just see. Yeah, and this is this is because uh, I just for like to explain what's happening to our listeners. Uh, yeah, but it, it's it's as like right after he's, you know, uh, Marsha has like put the mic on, you know, all of the like awful things he's saying about his viewers are being like, you know, put out live. Uh, but he's going down in this elevator, and this is before he's aware mm-hmm. that everyone is turning against him. And you're just cutting to all these scenes of like his fans like realizing this and be like, "I'm never going to listen to him again." Like you know, and calling in to say like how angry <laughs> yeah. they are. Um, yeah, they didn't have did, YouTube comments back then. So no. did that? Did that phone call? 
everybody's kind of watching his show, and then there's like these Pittsburgh Steelers who are like watching from probably like a bar inside. I, I wanted to say they're <laughs> not miners the sports just... team, the actual Steelers. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, yes. Sorry, like these actual like working class men are watching the TV at a bar. And did did you guys hear what he said, or was it my version that it it, it kind of sounded like they censored him? Uh, the, 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 the subtitle said, we'll fix him, Jack. But what he sounded like Is was... we'll fuck him, yeah. Yeah, we'll fuck with you, Jack. But they no, censored No, I, I had fuck. the same thing. Like, it like kind of like... Said, I, we'll I was like, oh my God, are they dropping F-bomb? But, cause, yeah. yeah, but it was like cut in a weird way where you could kind of hear him saying fuck, but like also the sound yeah, just we'll like... It felt cut with out. you, Jack. Yeah. It was weird. I, 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 I would have like, been dang. really... In- Hey, you know, we're watching you go <laughs> interesting. Yeah, because I'm trying to think because I'm thinking about it, too. Uh, like, Do you I, I don't know where you guys watch. It. I watched it on YouTube. I watched it on Amazon. Yep, same. Um, uh, and I thought it was we're done with you. Oh, that would make more sense. But um, it sounded but certainly like it sounded. We'll, it we'll might have been intentional. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, yeah, he's going full mania- megalomaniac at the Dude. end. He they kind of come in. Well, first, uh, there's that uh, scene, uh, the racist scene where he's like trying to get his uh, black oh, servants God. to like yeah. talk oh, that about, was awful. and the black servants are like giving him like a crazy signal. He's like, "Get out of here! Get out of here! You should love me, love me, love me!" He's going mad at this point. Oh, yeah. uh, he's literally like pushing all his servants out of the door. Uh, Beanie, his only friend, is like controlling a laugh machine. When the next scene, they come in. Uh, Mel and Patricia, uh, uh, Marsha, come into his office, and I thought it was great. I was like, "Where is the goddamn clapping coming from?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then it cuts to Beanie going like pressing buttons. He likes the applause. <laughs> yeah, that that was the real like the break happening the mental snap like uh, the shot is like the elevator opens and the operator is just like oh wow he's still at it i he's been doing this for like 20 minutes already um mm-hmm. and you just see his shadow projected like over this empty banquet table of him just like oh yes that's why i'm going to be the secretary for american uh what, what morale. was it american morale and then all this mad cheering um, and just, like, him digging himself deeper into his own delusion. Um, I like to imagine that something similar happened to Trump when he lost the election. Yeah. <laughs> um, well. Uh, well, what did yeah, you no. think of... Oh, sorry. I, oh, no, I, I was, was just, just saying I, I really liked uh, how they, like, like, even after everything was stripped away when Marsha finally sees him again after being like, I don't want to, I don't want to see, I would want him out of my life. Uh, the first thing she sees is him raving to a fake crowd. Uh, it's like, Oh yeah, that's, that's who he really is. Yeah. And he tries to commit suicide, which I thought was a little he shocking. Threatens. Too for threatens. Suicide. I, I feel oh, like I'm it sorry. Was yeah. More... Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. It was only I don't, I don't think he loves himself. Uh, yeah, he's too much of an egomaniac. And I think she cuz like I love end, when Mathau said that. Like yeah, he's yeah. not he's the one screaming and screaming for her to like come back. He's like he's not going to do it. No. Like you don't have to go up there to protect him. He's just doing it to manipulate you. Like um. Now Lily, 
I want to hear your opinion because I know that you didn't like this movie. So I want to hear your opinion <laughs> about this, this ending and this, this, the, the downfall and all this jazz. So what, what do you got to say? Out of curiosity. Yeah. My favorite part was definitely the last 10 minutes for sure. Like, I think that's where I liked the messaging of this movie. I just didn't necessarily like, like the arc or like, I don't know. It just sure. didn't vibe. And I think too, if I'd watched it in a movie theater, I probably would have liked it more. Mm-hmm. Um, like having to sit down, watching the whole thing. Um, yeah. I, th- I definitely think this is where the thesis of the movie, like of the pitfalls of fame and the mania. And it's not, <laughs> yeah. this isn't, I feel like this is Kazan saying you don't want this. Right. Yeah. You think this will solve your life and fix your problems. It won't. You don't want that big penthouse in New York at the top because you only go down from the top. And I I really did like the fact that um, when he was, when she put him on air and, you know, had the mic open, he said, I think very accurately what a lot what i think about kind of fox news i know yeah but it's it's the fact of like these idiots can't think for themselves so i gotta think for them they love Mm -hmm. what i think and these are they're so stupid that i've got to think for them uh i don't know for them as well Yeah. yeah which i was like huh you've you've just kind of hijacked their ideas they cannot think for themselves not all of them, I'm generalizing, but the, it seems like an audience that blindly follows, like, what he says. Yes. Uh, well, like Fox what, News. What this directly reminded me of was what recently happened with Fox News when all of their, like, texts got leaked. Yeah. Where it was, like, showing, oh, yeah. like, the text being leaked, like, of all those Fox News anchors being like, oh, Trump is, like, annoying, I hate him, like, I hate doing this, this is stupid, like, all of that uh, reminded me of kind of, like, the reveal of, like, him talking about his viewers that way. Um, but yeah, I was like, yeah. oh, dang, really real world, real world comparisons. Yeah, it, yeah this is very ahead a... of its time in a scary way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. a very pertinent movie for 2023. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess what you, you it, it's so interesting because I, I say, oh, yeah, this is a very I thought, too, where I was like, oh, yeah, this is such a uh, a, a movie ahead of his time. But in the 50s already, they had The Rise of Television, Huey Long, which is a yeah. uh, which was a terrible human being. You had MacArthur and... San, McCarthy. Uh, and McCarthy, sorry. They had MacArthur, it's too. It's okay. But. I'm not... I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I've done it what? twice no, no, now. No. I've hey, done it twice. No, no. You should tell me. Please. Always say your piece. Um... That's what I have to say. I'm Lonesome Road. Say, <laughs> hold your peace. Uh, but yeah, they already had McCarthy and Cohen, who were crazy. Um, so it's just it's universal, even in America, where we're like, this doesn't happen. That these oh, yeah. things the have cycle. occurred. Mm-hmm. Is that what it is? Uh, That's one theory. Yeah. Yeah. Just like every okay. everything. One theory. Okay. That has everything that has happened will happen again <laughs> in eighty years. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's definitely um, trying to. I mean, 
I don't know. I'm trying to kind of get, uh, yeah. I mean, I just kept seeing Alex Jones, especially the stuff about, you know, the secret wife, the vitamins, the fake personality, the pandering, Mm -hmm. just the, also because he still feels like a radio person. Whereas a lot of people who start in radio end up in TV. Um, he just, Alex Jones just feels like radio to me still, despite everything. Like in terms of like his media, like, influences stuff it just no, feels no. like it's his totally voice agree. um but yeah it's it's i mean it's worth a watch it's worth a watch well i would say too and this is maybe coming back to what sam your point of like oh this reminds me of trump so much i'd actually agree more with lily about this actually reminds me of like alex jones and bill yeah, o'reilly he's and not glenn a political, Beck. like he's they're not both going grif- into politics they're both himself. full of shit and grifters yeah. like but, <laughs> but one thing that i would say to that respect is I think those guys are charlatans while on the other hand Trump and all these very this is how like dangerous leaders get in power are zealots and I think that's what separates Uh the two is one actually believes everything he's saying and I think I think Huey Long and all these people or whatever um, I'm sorry um, Lonesome Roads um, (laughs) uh, they they kind of think they start believing what they're saying Mm-hmm. But I truly believe that some of these guys who get in power, um, and obviously those dictators, just certainly believe whatever they're saying is true. Yeah, is yeah. They're, yeah. Buy, they're buying their own product. Trump, Trump's yeah. not and smart enough, I guess, to balance both sides. Be- <laughs> because you're right. The the Fox News people are like, ah, this this guy's so annoying. I mean, that's that's what he that's what um. Lonesome Rhodes was t- saying about Curly there. He's such a bad shot. You know, he's such a shitty yeah. person. Mm. You know, they were bad mouthing Trump just like this guy bad mouthed. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, that that's definitely what it reminded me more of. of but that's just recent my Fox opinion. Text leaks. Um, yeah. Like that. It was interesting. Because um, even the even the voice that he puts on, like you can tie that to all all the like. Homegrown down down good country Americans who just have the have a little opinion that they want to share, and maybe you agree with me, but I'm maybe not. my opinion's a little sexist and racist. Yeah. But when I say it in this nice drawl, it definitely. seems more appealing. Definitely like the the Ron Perlman in Last Supper for sure. No, actually, that also yeah. really reminded me. I want to thank you, Lily. I, I meant to bring that up because yeah, I definitely was like, ooh, this is giving me some Last Supper vibes with just that like. TV personality. Um. I'll say anything. <laughs> I, yeah. I will say the ending, uh, because like this movie from the fifties, all the credits were up. Oh, front. I was going to say the same thing. It just ends. Yeah. It just it, ends. It was jarring because like, like it that. ends, it looks up at like the skyscraper where uh, Lonesome Rose has screaming his head off up in this penthouse. Um, and then uh, Walter Matthau and Patricia Neal get in the cab, and they're like, all right, we should go. The end. And it's just like, oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> Especially, like, one of the last, like, that big speech that we've been talking about that Walter Matthau gives, like, is one of the last things you that really, like, sits with you. It's like, oh, yeah, this guy's not going to go away. He's going to just stick around, not as powerful, but he's still going to be around forever. Mm-hmm. Fade to black. <laughs> yeah. I like yeah. that idea too. Like when, a, because the credits are at the beginning, when a movie story ends, it's over and you have to like, just kind of, it feels more jarring in a cool way. No, mm-hmm. no, I, I, I agree. I also, 
thought it was cool. And I, I like that the Wikipedia page put it in, too, is there's a giant ad at the end. Coca-Cola, yeah. Yeah. Coca-Cola, Coca-Cola. Like Mad I mean, Men. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, it does. I think that was Kazan's way of being like, we're still media as well. Mm-hmm. We still have these relationships that you see. I mean, you see the lines here. You see the, yeah. the backstage when I put Coca-Cola right in yeah. front of you. I think I, it was so obvious. That it was so funny Nothing's a mistake. Yeah. Nothing's a coincidence. I was trying to... Yeah. I, I couldn't find anything on it. Um, because, obviously, the movie talks about it. Product placement was, like, a thing. Uh, there's so many prominent Budweiser labels straight to camera... Or everybody's eating a branded food, and then there's the big Coke ad at the end. Uh, uh, everybody, if anybody goes to a restaurant, they're drinking Coke with label to camera. Uh, there, there's a lot of, and I don't know if that was legit product placement or like, like a, a commentary on yeah. product placement, or was it might both. Have been both. They were getting yeah. the money for the product placement, but then also being like, we're making judgments we're making about fun this. Of you. Yeah. Yeah, um, kind of the tongue-in-cheek that Lonesome Roads yeah. did. Well, oh, um, very meta. Oh, uh, final thoughts before we uh, wrap it mm-hmm. up here and give our judgment. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess I had like one or two. One was like, mm. uh, one was just a quote that I really loved. It was uh, Walter Matthau as Mel when he when Patricia Neal goes into the writers' room. And, you know, Lonesome Rhodes' his <laughs> yeah. underlings were like, are just writing and they hate, they hate the boss and they have a dartboard up with him. And it's very funny and very workhouse or workplace uh, setting. But uh, he goes, she goes over and she's already engaged with Lonesome Rhodes and she goes over to Mel and is like, oh man, you sound vicious, don't you? You know, she says uh, something along the lines of that, that, that insult was pretty bad there. Um, for your wisecrack, Mel. For a mild man, you do sound vicious, uh, don't you know? And then he says, all mild men are vicious. They hate themselves for being mild, and then they hate the extroverts whose violence seems to have a strange attraction for nice girls. I was like, mm, hmm. interesting. It's hmm. a very interesting quote. Um, yeah. And then I guess I just wanted to say uh, the... The guy who played Beanie, Rass, Bra- Rod Brassfield, mm-hmm. he was uh, a comedian at the Grand Old Opry. Mm-hmm. That was cool. Oh, nice. Yeah. And I, the, liked, and I sh- liked him. He, he had a great face. <laughs> yeah. And, no, and the every, sheriff. Everyone that was guy has got a good face. Got a good face for radio. <laughs> um. And the sheriff at the beginning, uh, he also was uh, a guitarist at the Grand Old Opry. Yeah. The, the one I was they gave him dogs, too. Yeah, I was reading. Um, I was reading like the IMDb trivia thing, um, and I definitely because it was a product of the fifties. Uh, there was a lot of things where like, oh yeah, they slipped in a lot of like celebrities uh, as just like weird little cameos, just in the background or saying one line, uh, and it just like listed all these people. It was like, look at all these celebrities we had in the movie, and I had I hadn't heard of any of them. Burl um, Ives. What? Burl Ives. Have you heard yeah, of him? Burl, yeah, actually, yeah. No, you're right. Burl Ives was in there. Um, I wish I had the list up with me. But, like, the, there was just a the ton reporters. of people where it's just like, oh, wow, yeah. Um, if if it was, like, something made today, it'd be like, oh, yeah. And then you just, like, 
slip in uh, uh like Anderson Cooper was in there and then mm-hmm. Harry Styles showed up and like uh just all these random different celebrity celebrity oh god celebrity cameos. the new serial that's <laughs> gripping the yeah. nation uh, well cool <laughs> what what about uh yeah so uh, any final thoughts from all y'all yeah, I, uh, I I just want to, because, you know, and it, it is sort of a movie that's very focused on him, and we've sort of focused the conversation mostly on uh, Lonesome Roads, but I just want to give a shout-out to Marsha, because I, I did really like her character, yeah. and like we said kind of earlier, this is th- she is the main character, really. It's all from her perspective. It's her watching him become this thing. Um, and I just thought, like, great performance all around. Um, and I appreciated, too, that kind of, like, despite this being a bit about a toxic relationship and her kind of, like, losing control over this, like, monster she's created, I still felt like they gave her some really good moments of agency, which, again, just for being the 50s and her being, like, a woman, I appreciated. Like, you know, she does stand up to him. She's not, like, a meek um kind of like shying away from yeah. having to like confront this stuff. I did appreciate that she had those moments. Like when she finds out uh, that he's gone and married the 17 year old, she doesn't just like take it and like, you know, you know, not say anything. She like legit screams at him and she's like, fine. Then we're putting this in like in a contract. I get what I'm owed for like giving you this. Um, yeah. It definitely feels like it, took place in the 50s but it's not mm. of the of the 50s yeah it, 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 for sure that's a good way of putting it lily like yeah because you never see the ca- and i think kazan was very good about this in most of the movies i've seen of him where it's not guilty of a lot of the stuff that featured women that featured attractive younger women mm-hmm. where the camera doesn't pan up you know the male gaze gonna pull yeah, out more movie where it doesn't pan up and down her body it doesn't you mm. don't see her from it's, him there's so much on her face just on her face like sometimes like there's a lot of scenes where like he's having like an emotional breakdown or like acting like you know really violently or angrily and it's just kind of like on her face like oh my god like what what have i got she's not into? um she's not really done up like no. she has nice hair and no. stuff but mm. it's not i I, it felt she very looks purposeful. like a real human being. Like, yeah, she looks like a professional woman. Uh-huh. Like, she sounds like a real human being too, which I, I yeah, no, like that was weird, great. like accent, kind of yeah. like you know. No, she's not talking like this. Like, come on, boy, let's get on my radio show. I guess it's a little late uh, though for that. It is like you? almost yeah. the sixties, but yeah. But no, she she seemed like a fleshed out. If I was a woman in the fifties this would be a coveted role for me. Uh-huh. I'd be like, oh, look, a strong oh, woman who yeah. was a businesswoman who makes a lot of money. And, and isn't uh, just a romantic object? Like, great. Yeah. yeah. Who, like you said, Sam, is Frankenstein to Frankenstein's monster? Uh-huh. Mm. That's cool. That's a cool, interesting uh, aspect. Yeah. Falls out of love with her monster. Yes. Well, yeah, that's her, great. Her, her silhouette like was, was good. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. Like the way she was costumed too. I like how at first it's kind of provincial, like Arkansas radio host. And then by the end, she's in this, you know, really pretty black, kind of mournful. The hair's mm-hmm. back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. I like the costuming on her. We should, we should mention that she is a Oscar winner. So she is, is uh, oh. so is Walter, Walter Matthau. And then one other person, which I, oh, I can't remember right now. I'm so sorry, but look it up. 
Uh, Look at people. Up. <laughs> what Sorry, are we, an information podcast? <laughs> Don't come to us for the trusted news, <laughs> goddammit. Aren't you listening to us? <laughs> We're just a country boy. <laughs> I'm angry as hell. Uh, all right. <laughs> So let's get to it. This I'm gonna take a a, a, a page out of uh, your book, uh, Peter, yes. where the bad thing is the good thing in this uh. scenario. You are listening to the radio. It's on, or no, you are watching the television. It's on this movie. It's so glimmering. It's so shiny, and it's so sweet talking. Do you say hey? I'm going to show this to my friends and get people to talk about this movie. Wait, is the or metaphor you gonna... just you're watching this movie? Do you watch this movie or do you not watch this movie? Shut up. Okay, you're in the 50s. Remember that. Or do you turn it off? Yeah, you go. yeah I watched this movie. Shut up. Okay, fine. Let me do a different one. How about this? You're in jail and you meet this young fellow named... Lonesome Roads. Oh, uh-huh. yes. I, I mean, sorry. I like say a face of a crowd. A face in the crowd. Mm-hmm. Do you... <laughs> do you say, Ah, oh, I like this this movie in jail. Let's get it out of jail <laughs> and bring it to the masses. Uh-huh. Or, or do you just finish up what you're doing there and leave? Yeah. Uh, there, that's I, better, right? Yeah, yes, I like that's that good. One. I like that one. Yeah, no, I'm breaking this movie out of jail. Um, I, I really enjoyed this. Uh, like it was like, um, it did take me a while to get invested. Uh, cause the first like almost half an hour moves at like such a breakneck speed that I didn't really get attached to anybody. Mm -hmm. And then once, once we settled into the characters and we really started to get to know them, I, I really liked all the folks. Um, so yeah, I, I would give this movie a hearty two thumbs up. Um, I, I think this is a movie that should be more regularly watched in film school. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, well, I'll, I'll just follow it up and say, yes, uh, ah, me, sorry. Uh, The cat cat stole our microphone. Steal my mic. Maybe it's like, (laughs) this is my podcast now. Anyway, uh, I would break this movie out of jail. Um, I wonder how obscure this actually is. I mean, cause I will say it's also might just be old and we're young. And so we just hadn't heard of it, but I will say I, I did bring it up to a few people and everyone was like, Oh, I don't know what that is. So I don't think it's part of the lexicon. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So it's like I think maybe it was bigger when it came out, but no, it really wasn't. It really it, wasn't. It, okay. It it was probably it did okay. Like, like money, did it make its money back? I can't, I I was trying to find a box oh, office okay. score or anything, but really everything from the interviews that I got from the articles that I read were, were like the audiences didn't really go to it, but everybody said it was like pretty good. Uh huh. And that's yeah. all they said. And and then and then uh, Andy Griffith was like, "It's actually more popular nowadays than it was back then," which and I think makes sense. Yeah, because like, totally yeah, I, I, I would break this out. But that was I, in the nineties. He said uh, that in the nineties. I uh, yeah, but I, I would break this out because I I feel like it's relevant. I feel like there's a lot of good just like things worth talking about that you know should still like should be talked about today as well. And I think it's very interesting that this movie was doing it then. Um, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed this one. Lily? So, I can appreciate this movie for the commentary 
for sure. And I do think right now there is, I think for our time, this is like influencers, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think I might, you know, leave the door open of the jail and show the movie where the keys were, but I don't think I would risk myself. Like I would be like, you know, it's open from, from like, you know, this from here to here, the guards are asleep and the keys are right there, you know, but I'm not gonna shout it from the rooftops like other movies and be like, we must, we must revive it or we must, you know, but I'm, I get it. But I don't need sure. to watch it again. And I don't think people need to. I think mm-hmm. I think a lot of the movie's message is already kind of out there in other ways. Yeah. Like, I don't think you would watch this and think, I never thought of it like that. You know, like, I think mm. you get it. It's already kind of part of a lot of what people talk about with stuff like this. But yeah, I'd, I'd leave the, I'd, I'd show it where the keys were and leave the door open. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a good point, Lily. The whole, like, you, you probably thought about this before. Uh, and it's, it's just showing like, it. It's not like, whoa, what? No what? way. What? It's like Power people, corrupt yeah, on TV. that's a fair right? point. Yeah. I, I knew Celebrity this is toxic. Go. Yeah. People on TV are lying to me. Tucker right. Carlson. What? Our media um, diet is flawed. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> uh, I will keep mine short. I really love this movie. Um, I'm breaking it out of jail. I'm, I'm, I'm having it be on my podcast or whatever. Tell people about You're it. You're inviting it I, to dinner. I'm inviting it to hit this podcast. Let, welcome the fifth guest. <laughs> Hello from Obscurity's own Lonesome Rose. <laughs> Uh, what could go wrong? Yeah. <laughs> but I just thought the acting was really good, too, uh, from Patricia Nielsen to uh, the guy who played Joey, which we didn't really discuss. He was really intense. The agent of Lonesome Roads mm-hmm. um, was really Machiavellian, um, opportunist mm-hmm. himself. Um, I just thought I just thought this was really good. And it's amazing um, that this movie is not talked about. So I kind of want it to be talked about more. Yeah. Here we are. Yeah. Here we are. Yeah, so I recommend it. Fantastic. Well, well with that being said, Lily. it's Lily's pick next. Lily! Yeah! Okay. What do you got for us, Lil? So, as you might have known, uh, for the past 12 years, no, just for the past uh, few months, <laughs> uh, my, my picks have been the romantic uh, trilogy. So, mm. just to bring our listeners back in our new season. The first one was the historical sweeping epic W.E. by Madonna. <laughs> the second was the fairy tale on Dean, stalling, starring Colin Farrell. And the third and final installment is the rom-com. And this, my rom-com is Playing It Cool, starring America's ass Chris Evans from 2014. Oh. I've never heard of this All movie. All right, yeah. Me neither. Me neither. <laughs> Great. Which, I mean, is like the fucking tagline for this I show. I, so. love, I love how every time yeah. one of us announces what our movie is going to be, everyone goes, huh, I, yeah. I've never heard of that one. <laughs> I'm Mr. Movies, yeah. and I don't know this movie. What the fuck? Almost like that's I guess we got to watch the movie. Is. Yeah. I guess I do. Let's Better go check out America's ass. <laughs> there better be cool. a button this, Lily. Yeah. All right, let's roll that trailer. You know I'm dying to write action. So do the rom-com, and I will get you the action. It's six weeks in Malaysia. Malaysian women. 
I just want to write something that shows love how it really is, you know? Not funny, not romantic. That kind of sounds like a downer. Love is a downer, which is why when someone says, I love you. 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 My response has been, I just don't see myself ever feeling the same way about you. But then I met this girl. Do you want to do a social experiment? Nice ass. You know what this suit's made out of? Boyfriend material. Sorry. Oh, God, do this guy. Ah, uh, no, he's my boyfriend. Oh, you don't look too good. Oh, did you have the crab? I had the crab. I think we should just be friends. That's allowed, right? Men and women can't be friends. <laughs> we are squids and squirrels. You know how I kill infatuation? With a gun? It's not that hard, man. Boy meets girl. Boy, girl, do it happily ever after. I'm sorry, do men really think that sex is the answer to everything? Yes. Yeah. With that in mind, um, we will see you next time for Playing It Cool. And, All right, uh, I'm excited. Yeah. Playing It Cool. Playing It Ooh. Cool. I'm going to try to play it cool, but he's very hot. <laughs> Me too. Um, all right. So this has been A Face in the Crowd. Hello from Obscurity bids you a... Gosh, <laughs> Oh, that was getting so poetic. I, I really know. liked how that was, was going. It was, it was, it was. I am not ad-libbing like Lonesome Roads. I will Aww. just say, I've been Wesley. I've been Peter. I've been Lily. And I've been Sam. And goodbye from obscurity. We are going to have such a great time with... Oh, fuck. Damn it.